0: Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. Hi and welcome to the Wolfcast. Wolfcast is brought to you by Draw the Wolves Basketball Club and I'm your host Noel. I'm delighted to be joined on today's episode by Scotty Somersgill. Scotty is the current head coach for our ladies team. He's also a current player of our Men's National League team, and Scotty is currently the head coach of the Basketball Ireland North Under-14 Academy. Scotty has also played for clubs such as Belfast Star, Star of the Sea, Aldermagletics, Bury Wildcats, and Salem 69ers. So give it a listen. Hope you enjoy. Hi, Scotty. How are you today?
1: I'm good, Noel. How are you?
0: I'm good, Scotty. You know me. I keep the good fellow?
1: <laughs> Hi. Well, can you need to get that haircut, but
0: ah, look, yeah, look, it's it's coming in, it's growing in, like. Yeah, I don't um, know what's
1: longer your hair or your beard. Oh well, the,
0: this guy trimmed, so um, I look more presentable than I have done before. Um, that photo is there to be shared. Maybe we'll see. We don't know. Um. <laughs> um so to go back to the start of everything, and you've been asked this in several podcasts, and it seems to be a team. So. Has COVID or lockdown been treating you at the moment?
1: Um well, obviously it's getting closer to being, well, hopefully ending, you know, but um, you know, COVID has been probably a test for for everyone this year. Um, you know, more so me as well, because of obviously mum passed away there from cancer on June the 9th. So um it's been kind of a, a roller coaster ride um since then. But you know um Every line, and you know, you, you, obviously, you can see that everything's coming back to where we want it to be. But um you know, it's been tough. You know, you can't go out. You know, you can't exercise. You know, you know, going to the gym. You know, which is little things that make you know a, a big difference. You know.
0: Yeah, and no, I think like you're right. I, like it's 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 been make or break for a lot of people, and it's tested a lot of people, but. I think in the same time, it's put a huge, it's put things into perspective for a lot of people and made them value what they have and being able to cast away things that were, let's say, a negative impact. Let's give people yeah. that oversight and view to, to, you know, put the things into perspective that mean a real, real value to them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think, I think it's more indoor sports and the likes of us with basketball and everything else. You know, with kids, you know, it's a big part of, them and you know their mentality not just um their mental side but obviously the the physical you know but not just kids but adults as well you know our outlet is is basketball you know and most and you know with most sports that are outside they've been given a bigger leeway than obviously we have you know so um i don't think it's been fair um but hopefully come next couple of weeks or next couple of months you know we're back to to doing what we we all love, you know, which is play basketball.
0: Yeah, I think you're right in regards that it's it's not being dealt evenly. But look, at the end of the day, for everyone and for us, most importantly, is there is that tunnel and the light yeah. is getting very very close for us. And obviously, yeah. things are a little bit differently up north for yourself. And um, restrictions yeah. are easing an awful lot more. Like I know you were back reffing there last weekend. Um, yeah. Say so that done you a world of good.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, it's it was kind of freaky as well, because some of the kids that obviously, you know, probably haven't seen for a year or two, some of them are really big kids now and really strong, you know, and it was great to see some of the kids, you know, back playing, even though it was outside, um, you know, but it was, it was great to see them and, you know, see how much, you know, they're enjoying being back, which is the best thing ever, you know.
0: Yeah. And, you know, obviously being back in the environment that we all love. And as you said, right, we've seen the kids, you know, being able to be physical and active and see their friends and, and enjoy the game is fantastic for everybody.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's 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 what that's what what, what we want. Yeah. You know, we want to get back to that um, kind of, you know, basketball, you know, game that we, we all love, you know, but I just hope with what's happened with COVID, that kids don't get set in their own ways and don't want to do basketball anymore because that's the last thing we want, you know. And I've heard, you know, a couple of people say that their kids, you know, they don't want to go back, which is a shame, do you know what I mean? And I hope that's not true and they get back to it, you know.
0: I think that's going to be a challenge for every sport, but I think it's obviously it's a challenge for us that we need to re-engage them kids and get them kids back into basketball and, talking to other people like we have this great community in basketball and we have this great social environment and i think i think through it out we will get a lot of the kids back but i think think for ourselves it's going to be a challenge to get old kids but again obviously getting new kids involved in sport and be that physical active again
1: absolutely yeah and obviously like you said it's not just basketball you know there's a lot of range of um sports that are indoors but you know, it's not it's not just us as well. It's the it's the kids who, you know, rely on it, you know, the the disabled kids, you know, who, you know, that's their outlet is sports indoors, you know. And you know, hopefully that you know, we can get back to that where, you know, it's like um the kids in our school who I'm looking after, you know, he's busting to get back to Powerball. But you know, when you look at it from my point of view, you know, being an able body And him, you know Just, you know, you feel so sorry for him That he's had to go through all this And not go back to it, that little thing That makes an absolute big difference for him Yeah You know, so It's not just
0: us No, and I think you're right there Like, I think We, we won't know the physical or me- More so like the mental effects yep. You know, in regards Like, as you said Like, the kids you deal with Or even our their, even their own kids Or anybody In regards yep. how they the lack of being isolated or not having the ability or the avenue to you know blow off steam or that one little thing that you look forward to in your week
1: yeah as a railway
0: or you know again to come back to the community aspect like i'm sure you see it with some of the kids you look after you know it's, they they've got one thing in their week that is their week and it's seeing their friends and participating in the sport or participating in the club. I think we're not going to see the big effects for that for another while. And I think that's where we're going Absolutely. to be shocked.
1: Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what, you know, it's like, you know, for that one hour in one week, that's his outlet, you know, and that was obviously taken away because of obviously COVID um, you know, hopefully you know we can he can get through it you know and he and he's you know thank god he's you know he wants to get back to to yeah. doing what he loves you know so hopefully
0: fingers crossed and as you yeah. said like it's it's looking good so let us go right back to the very start of things so who what why got you or introduced you to the game of basketball
1: um so I've said this on a couple of podcasts where you know I've get I've gone back to you know what how I obviously started basketball um I started at 18 I was a I was a late comer to basketball and um it was one of my friends Paul Cartwright um it was just coincidence we went we went to an autumnham Celtics game um and we were in the stands and we were just watching this we just it was just a random thing we did and uh it was packed the gym was packed and we were loving it and we both turned around to each other and said you know I want to play this game, you know what I mean? So uh, we then kind of, you know, got into seeing what we could do, you know, practice wise, got into, you know, some camps during the summer, playing camps, you know, tried to get uh, ourselves a bit better, ended up joining a team. I think it was about a couple of months after, um, called the Salem 69ers. <laughs> Um, you know and, and it went it went from there um uh, where we were training every day, and um, we were practicing every day, and it was that mentality where you know you wanted to get better because I played soccer. Um, you know, so that was my sport until basketball came, and then that just overtook everything.
0: So you say you you played soccer obviously from a young age right up till you found basketball. So what what did you find as the the biggest transition from obviously soccer to basketball?
1: Um, see, with soccer you're using your feet. Basketball you're using your hands. Mm. Um, you know, so it was kind of tricky at the beginning. But once you get used to it, you know, it kind of comes hand in hand. Where you know, yeah, you're not you're using your feet, but Technically, feet-wise, you you can be good because all the moves you're doing, you know, quick turning yeah. for soccer, you know, and then with basketball, then you're just, you're learning to shoot, you're learning to dribble, you know, to pass, you know, so it takes you a while to transition, but, you know, it's something that I learned pretty quick. You know, I was fortunate to, to have that where I could, you know, I never played it in school. Uh, basketball, you know, played every other sport, but never played basketball, you know. So um, once I got that mentality that I wanted to do it, I was full on then, you know. So it was kind of, bang, this is it, I'm going to do all this now.
0: Yeah. And, and obviously, like, knowing you for the, for the short, short time I do, and I, I've pretty much been able to come to it. it's It's all or nothing with yourself, and you're very competitive. And it's very, if I'm doing this, I'm doing this to the best of my ability.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you can't, you can't do things half-heartedly. You know, if if you do that, then you're not pushing yourself to, you know, to your your best ability. And, you know, obviously, you know, for myself, it is, you know, if I'm doing something, I'm 100% into it. And, you know, it's like, you know, playing, you know, you want to, you don't want to get beat. I had that mentality where I hated losing, um, you know, and coming up, you know, you want to be the best, your best, you want to prove people wrong, yeah. you know, and everyone looks, you know, at your size, and, and what really frustrates me is because they look at you and go, oh, you're not a basketball player, you know, so that obviously <laughs> drove me, it drove me mad, yeah. and then it drive me even more to, you know, get out there and not not to show people, it was to show myself, you know, I I did, like, I, once I joined Odom Celtics, uh, I trained every day, but I trained every day behind closed doors with my, just myself, yeah. because, you know, the only person who's going to do it is you, you know. Yeah, you get help on the way, but if you don't put the work in, then it's not going to show, you know, so that was the kind of mentality I had. I still have it a little bit now, even though I'm old, but, you know, I'm still that kind of person.
0: <laughs> you still have it a lot, trust me. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> from seeing from seeing and working with you at at the northern the north North Academy and obviously the year we've had at National League, you still don't like to lose. No, You're absolutely still competitive, and you still want to be the best.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's the same. You know, yeah. yeah. I'm still I'm playing National League and I have the Masters and you know, the Masters is actually it's it's worse than. <laughs> than playing national league because you know you, you get bad yeah. you know it's it's great you know because they're still competitive even though they're a bit slower they still want to they still want to win but at the end of it all you know they're all friends and which is good but still hate losing
0: <laughs> yeah and like obviously with that like you said like the, the bodies might be slowing down but the brain's still picking and the IQ is still there and that's oh. what the vast majority of the game is about and-
1: Absolutely, yeah, you know, and if you have the IQ, you know, then, you know, the game still comes to you, you know, footwork, you know, you can still do little things, you know, that, you know, keep keep people off guard and, you know, hands and your vision, you know, you should still have all that, um, you know, so, yeah, even though you might get a, a you know, a guard who's lightning quick, this, that and the other, there's still ways to control, you know, control him. Um, even though, as you well know, I don't play defence that much, <laughs> um, but, you know, offence-wise, you know, still, you know, if he's, if he's American, I still want to go past him, even though I might not be quicker, <laughs> but I still want to go past him. You still get little ways that you can, you can use your body. Yeah, and obviously
0: it's like, you know, with your IQ and experience, it comes to just adapting your game to how you are. And- obviously having that on-court experience or smartness or IQ allows you to adapt your game to the scenario and the circumstances, you know, where a younger guard like Pudge may not have developed that at the moment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then that's just the role of, you know, me and, you know, Kieran McGrogan, the older players on the team, you know, giving them, you know, the chance to learn from you, you know, and giving them little tips, you know, Podge was great last year, you know, he constantly asked you. Yeah. You know, you don't get many, many kids who who do that, you know, and that was, that was great. You know, what, what can I do better? What can I do this? You know, and that's, that's what you want. But there wasn't only just him. There was other players as well who asked you or they would listen to you, you know, because of your experience. And that's what you want players to do, you know, because me, you know, when I was doing it, I was exactly the same um, you know our the first American that I played with called Hal Henderson. He took me under his wing. He was a guard, you know. But I learned most of it from him and Sir John Allston as well. You know they would give you tips that you know they would kick your ass in training. You know if you messed about, you would hear about it. But that's what you wanted. Do you know what I mean? But then when it came to games, you know they were they were on you and they were giving you you know. Next time do this, do that. So that's where I want to try and give back to you know younger generation. In the lesson.
0: I think that's the hard part, but obviously, like you know yourself from from coaching and especially at the academy, it's the players that constantly ask you questions that, that have that desire to be better and to better themselves. And like as we always say at camp, like we're always there or academy, we're always there for us to ask questions. There's Absolutely. no such thing as anything. And you see the players that come to you and approach you and ask you that question, and yeah. then you see in the next session where you've just gone up that level because they've taken what you said to them on board and you've gone away and worked there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the, that's the best thing that, as a coach, you can get is kids who come up to you, you know, want to learn off you, and then in the next session, they've done it, but they've yeah. added to it, you know. So they're listening, but they're obviously, they're gaining that experience by listening, and improving on it. And that's what, you know, that's what you want. You know, I mean, academy, you know, it's, academy's great. You see all these young kids from all different clubs, you're trying to generate a scheme where you want to, you want them to learn, um, but by the end of, of the year, you'll, want, you'll have wanted them to go from say this here all the way up to there, mm. you know what I mean? And it's, it's not just, it's not them just to go back to the club and say, listen, we did this, we did that. It's them to learn for themselves that, you know, they can do this. Um, you know, everything's possible, you know, if they wanted to go Irish, you know, the Irish team, they wanted to go to Super League, you know, everything. You know, it's you know, it's it's for them to get that, you know, not ability, but obviously to get that experience, not just from me, but from themselves as well. Yeah, no, I think you're definitely right there. So just to go back a couple of
0: steps, and um, so we're a teenage Scotty. <laughs> we're back in England <laughs> we found this new game of basketball we've gone our we've gone our, missed our no days off we're working our ass off what ignited your passion for the game of basketball?
1: Learning the game um, learning what I do to get, to get better um, you know that once I realised that you know yeah listen I can do this the passion started growing every day You know, like you said, no days off. There wasn't any days off, you know, because I wanted to be that person who got better, who wanted to be different. Um, you know, not just the same as everyone else. You know, everyone sometimes says that they want to be this role model, they want to be this. Yeah, mine was my role model was was Michael Jordan. Um, but I knew I never was gonna be him, you know, so but I wanted to train like him, but in my own way, yeah, you know, so. That was my passion, um, you know, to try and get that, you know, place where, you know, by the end of the year, I wanted to be not here. I wanted to be up at the top, you know. So that was kind of my my passion to do that. Okay, cool.
0: So obviously you've played pro in England, you've played Super League here, you've played at all the top levels you can on both sides. So, what's been your greatest basketball memory or greatest game you've been involved in wow um
1: there's been this has been loads it was actually wrecking me just trying to think of what you know the greatest game probably i've been in um there's been like i said there's been loads but uh, you know what the greatest memory the greatest you know memory i have is my first my first game for Odom Celics where I guarded uh, Gene Waldron, who at that time was, you know, he was a prolific American in England and scored 20-odd points. And this was my turning point for, for Odom, where I marked him um, and I only got, he I, I only scored 12 points, which was, you know, not heard of, um, only because I, I, I grabbed hold of his... I wouldn't leave him at all. <laughs> He wasn't getting anywhere. I was torturing him. He was hitting me. I was just, you know, that's, that's probably the greatest memory I have over there, um, you know, here, you know, playing against Notre Dame was great. Um, you know, up in, I think it was Antrim, Antrim Forum, we played, them. it was a select team, you know, that, that was, that was a great, you know, Carl McElhaney and all them, Luke Harangody was playing. You know, not all these NBA players, you know, future NBA players were playing, you know, and it was just, you know, it was just great. It was just a great atmosphere. And, you know, playing against a Division One superpower, you know, was was obviously a great memory too. Okay, it's
0: interesting. So obviously if you go back to your one in England, it does show and prove that you can play defence.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it stopped when I came over here. <laughs>
0: Okay, so Gav might be interested in this, but (laughs) (laughs) so obviously your time in in England, like you, you were an all-star in England. What was that experience for you? or was that process like?
1: Um, Well, when I was, that was, that was with a very Wildcats, I think it was that year. That was my professional club then. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that was the year, you know, Everything went right, you know. Scoring, I was scoring twenty odd points a game. You know, it was kind of the season that you know some people, you know, kind of dream of, and that's 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 what it was. Um, you know, it was just just constant on fire, and it's probably one of the best seasons I had. And then to play in the All Star game was 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 brilliant. You know, Alton Bird was there, and you know those, you know those. Qu- loads you know. I think I still have the, the leaflet of it of the Americans that were on it and I think it was only about three English players at the time, you know. So um yeah it was it was amazing um to you know to to mark Alton Bird but to play against him and him play against me and then at the end of the game um I think he had twenty twenty points or something like that there, you know, and for him to come up to me and say, you know future and you know you did really great you know meant a lot i'm still friends with walton now you know but he right. he was an awesome awesome american and you know he, he went around you know england for a long time you know so yeah it was it was a great season
0: so to segue on from that so who's been your biggest influence in the game whether it be a coach or a player or it could even be like like of talking to other people, it's some of the biggest influences for people in the game. If people have not played in regards, to like people behind the scenes of administration yeah. staff or people that run the club.
1: Yeah, um, well, big, probably the biggest influence was Tom Hancock, Probably at that time, um, my first year at Owen Celix. You know, he was the one who gave me, um, you know, gave me my chance. He was the one who who believed, you know, that I could do it. Um. You know, so he would he would have been a big influence on my time, you know, during that time. Sorry, you know, he was there because I learned so much of him. I learned so much of, the you know, the Americans. It was Hal Innocent and Chris Bite. You know, like I said, Hal took me in, um, you know, and he and he, you know, really put me under his wing and taught me all I needed to know, you know, to get my game better. So I would say them too. But coming over here, uh, you know, I think, you know, Danny Fulton was a great, he, he's just, he's phenomenal. He's he's such a, not just a great man, but he's a great coach as well. And he knows, he knows all his stuff and he knows what he, he wants out of players, but you know, what he wants out of the team as well, you know, so he would be, he would be up there as well.
0: Yeah. And like, obviously, just to Danny Fulton, I don't think I've ever heard, a bad word against them and obviously when when you look at the, the lineage of the family like I think it rings true in regards their their mantra or just how they carried himself and you you're looking at CJ now in America and yeah. I just think they're they're like the dynasty up north really aren't
1: they? Oh absolutely yeah Danny was our second father. Yeah. Um that's honestly he was you know he looked after you you know we had so many yeah, I would go on I would when we went on road trips I would go with Danny. It was hilarious. It was so funny. Even if you lost a game when he was coming back, he would still chat to you, he'd still have a laugh with you. Um, I don't think I've laughed as much as I've been with Danny, you know, not during games now. <laughs> he, he could call your names during the games, but after it, um, you know, he would he'd love you, he'd love you like a son. Um, and that's always been Danny. You know, I see Danny in school, you know, and he's this things is, you know. What's up, Mr. Somersgill, you know, <laughs> um, you know, and then just kind of get that, you know, he's just, you can't say anything else, but he's awesome.
0: Yeah, no, I think, I think, I think that's something I've, I've come across and, and then obviously with Adrian as well, like, you yeah. know, and it, it shows like their pure commitment and passion that's for the game. And you need to see like the work ethic, like I, I've seen it from Adrian for the, for the time I followed him, like, you just see like the attention to detail and the, and the work yeah. that's put in. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And you, you see it from CJ, like one well, kid was playing Super League at 16 and just went, as you said, from like here to here. Yeah, absolutely. And it was just pure work ethic.
1: That's it. He was in the gym every day. You know, there wasn't a time where he wasn't in the gym. I You know, during PE, you know, you'd see him, you know, practicing on his own. Um, in the morning, lunchtime, after school, you know, he'd always be shooting and stuff, you know. So where he is today is all built on him and his dad and obviously Danny as well, you know, because the three of them were all involved, you know, there's not just one one person, you know, so that pays tribute to to the Fultons, you know.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. And like, I think like you can see, you can see in the couple of seasons he played Super League, you could see his, his evolution. Like in regards when me, first came in, he was this young, shy Tim McGarrett. But then you see in this distribution of the ball just exponentially grow. Like his his vision and passing was something else. But he was also willing to go in the lane and take a bump to give a pass and and to distribute it, which is something I found phenomenal to look at.
1: Yeah, he's just he's just like his dad. You know, his dad was the same. Um, you know, I think. I think it is safe to say that his dad was a bit quicker, um. But the IQ set is is kind of the same. You know, he he just knows where where the right person is. You know, what he knows what to do. He knows how to to trick people. Um. You know, so he's he's fully all round. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. So with
0: that, obviously, you've played at Adrian. So this might be a nice segue for it, And you might hurt some people's feelings here. Um, so who's been your favourite teammate to play with?
1: Um, is this in England or here?
0: I'll I'll take two. So I was generous to Scally and I gave Scally two options because she she claimed she two clubs for X amount of years. So I'm willing to take two answers because you've played in two leagues.
1: I think my favorite teammate um, in England was Hal Henderson. Um, I think he he'll always be number one with with John Austin as well. I know that's too. But you know they were kind of the the people that you know over there. You know were great teammates. Think here. you know teammates. You know I've said this before, and you know in the in the other podcast that you know Kevin Craig was a great teammate. You know not many people hear of him or anything else, but. You know he's very his IQ for basketball was great you know he was six six you know but he, he would egg he was he was a calm person you know obviously you know with myself you know he we went a bit ratty he <laughs> would try and calm me down I don't know um so uh yeah I would say Kevin
0: okay cool so we've now talked about your your favorite or best teammate you've played with who's the best player you've ever played with
1: best player. Jeez, that's a that's a tough one. The best player I've probably ever played with uh, would be, I'd have to say Adrian would be the best player I've played with, because obviously I played with him, you know, near 15 to 20 years, you know. Um even though we had some great battles in in training, you know, he was still a great teammate. You know, and
0: he's probably, you know, one of the best probably I've played with. So with that, it, it seems to be something reoccurring or cone that I've seen and obviously listening to several other podcasts that I listen to and I'm very busy in work, that um, a lot of people's best players they've played with seem to be teammates. So obviously if the old expression of iron sharpens iron and knowing how you train and seeing how you've trained with a National League team do you think like competition, you know, like two guards, like let's say the two McGroggins or let's see if yourself, if you're up against one of the other guards, like, do you, do you believe in training at that level makes better teams to once you've teammates pushing each other on?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we were unlucky looking last year to, to find that out, you know, during our training sessions, you know, the likes of, you know, Seth and me and Kieran, you know, try and push players on, but you don't have them, you have other players as well. But you know, uh, you have players like that, you know, you who wanna who want to get better, you strive to get better, you know, which is a great thing, you know. Um I think Kieran is very, very good at that. Um, you know, I've known Kieran now for, for a couple of years, actually our first uh encounter was Premier League over here in the north, you know, where we played, yeah. So our first game against each other, you know, we won. Um, Don't want to say that out loud, but, you know, we had a good battle um, against each other, you know, there was a bit of a a ding-dong, but, you know, you see, the best thing, you know, about that was after the game, well, during the game, when we had the ding-dong, you know, um, we we exchanged words and then like two minutes later we were shaking hands and laughing and joking, you know, um, but we still went at it. You know, there was no, you know, no, you know, like, like I said about games, you know, you leave everything on the floor, you know, and that's what we did. And I, since I've been to Draco over the national league team, that's what he does. He wants to push everyone, you know, to their best ability and he wants the best out of everyone, you know, so that goes down to everyone else, you know, so um for a play to Kieran for, for doing that and having the motivation obviously to do that as well.
0: Yeah, and obviously for the length of time I've known Groggy and I I've been lucky enough to play with him as well and, and coach him, which was quite was great fun. But um he is Mr. Competitive and he wants to win and he drives and he pushes everybody and he wants the best out of everybody and he's he's been one of the biggest pushes or he's been one of the big forces behind getting us to national league like we talked about it years ago and he always had it in his head he wanted to come back to draw and get us to national league and to super league he's been a huge driving force behind that as well as other people and members in the club which you can see now like we're there and you can still see he just wants to push and push he wants the best for the club he wants the best for the players and he wants to get to the best himself again
1: Absolutely, yeah. And you know, it's like the WhatsApp group we have, you know, um just today was on a you know, we set a picture in of him working hard, fellas you know, mm-hmm. fellas I'm working hard here, who who else wants to work hard and you know, who wants to be he wants to push, he wants to be better, you know, and that's what you want from a captain, you know, you want that person to 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 drive people, but not drive people, but drive the younger generation as well, you know, get them to look at goal, you know, he's a He's a role model for for us to look up to, um, which he is, you know. So, you know he's got that drive. He's an absolute torture, but he's an absolute torture in a great way where he wants the club to go. Yeah,
0: no, and I think you're right. Like, I think he's he's setting the standards, and that's the standard he wants himself to be held accountable, but he wants his teammates in the club to be held to him. If yeah. you don't have a driving force like that, I think you're in, pr- in trouble. And I think we're lucky enough that we have quite a few members like that that have played at a, a top level and want to stay at that top level and achieve them standards. And I think that's what it's about. It's about setting them standards.
1: Yeah, you have to. You have to. You have to You have to set the standards high. You know, if you don't, then, you know, you're playing catch up and that's not what what you want to do, Um, you know, so. Yeah, you've got to have them, you've got to have them standards, you know, not just Gal, um Kieron, you know, but Gavin obviously as a coach has his has his standards as well, you know, and that relates back to to us as players, you know, to to keep that high level.
0: Yeah, and I, I think obviously like from when Gal first came in, like he he basically said, this is the plan and this is how it's gonna work. And we're not gonna get there by cheating or taking shortcuts. It's hard work and this is the this is the standard. And if you're down here, I'm sorry, but this is where you need to be. And it was very, very clear from the start and he's not going to Boulder.
1: I think with National League, Super League, you have to have that standard. You know, you have to have the players that want to work, want to improve, you know, want to win, they must have the drive to win. You know, if, if you lose, then, you know, be upset about it, but learn from it and, you know, get yourself better. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, you've definitely got you to have that drive in you.
0: And I I think I think we're very fortunate to have that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's not many clubs who have players that want that drive. You know, some you know go through the motions. That's not what you want. Um, that's not what we want. You know, um, as as a club as well. You know, Dracula don't want that. Not just through, Uh, senior level but you know obviously through the kids as well they want them to improve that's the whole point of you know them being here is to is to improve with the great coaches that we have.
0: yeah no i think you're right and like obviously like we take take the year i was with you at the north academy like like you're nearly you're nearly looking at that the boys group that we had like half of the boys group were from Drawers wolves like i know that was a very unique standard that we had that bunch of players but that was through the testament of the hard work that Emer done with that group yeah. for two years that got them there. And again, unfortunately with COVID, there's a lot of unfinished business because right. they didn't get the chance to go to yeah. Gorman's town and yeah. didn't get the chance to obviously for our selection, or they didn't get the chance to go to Arle Island. So I think it's a lot of unfinished business for a lot of people out there in the country. But yeah,
1: absolutely, and you know, fair play to you know, we talked about that when I when I was at academy and you know i think there was 13 or 14 kids mm. who came from Drocada. now they didn't they came and they stuck to it and they wanted to learn and i think that was the biggest thing Now, all the players wanted to learn oh yeah a bit more drive from from, from our kids at Drocada, you know which was which was great to see um you know so yeah fair play to Ema, you know for for you know for doing that but like you said you know there's unfinished business but you know COVID has a lot to answer for because of the people that didn't get to play that year, you know, from all clubs, you know, who missed out on a year that, you know, they would have enjoyed, you know, and hopefully they can move up if they're moving up, you know, and, you know, start again and, you know, and get that drive back.
0: Yeah. And I I think, I think, again, it's good. You're going to see the ones that want it and they're the ones that are going to drive forward for it. And, They're just going to take any opportunity that's now open to them and they're going to run with it
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah and that's what that's what you want you know you want them to do that and be the best that they can be you know
0: that's it so with this team worth currently talking about who's the hardest working player you've played with in our team now i'll take now and i'll take your past i'll i'll
1: i'll I'll continue with the two answer approach okay so uh probably the the most hard working I've been with at the minute is is Kieran. You know, he's, he's you know, i only been there a year, but he's, you know, he's constantly, you know, we used to go to the gym and uh, lift weights, go and shoot around, you know. Normally it'd be me going, you know, let's do this, you know, let's do that. But, you know, kind of got into a slump and he was the one who went, let's go, let's go, let's go. Meet me here. Let's do this, let's do that. You know, so his drive was... Was great for me and for him as well, you know, to push each other. Um, you know, so that that was that was that was a that was a brilliant thing to have, you know, is that drive, you know. So I would have to say it would be would be caring yeah.
0: Okay. Are you going to give me one from the past? Are you happy with that one?
1: Um. See, you go through you go through a lot of players that have you know drives and you know we want to drive you more you know like i've said i've said i think i've mentioned how a couple of times you know um he was another one that you know very passionate another drive you know so i'd say him and i would take you nice
0: so you may fall into this category but I, I would like someone else so who's the biggest messer or joker you've you've played with or worked with or coached or <laughs> um,
1: i'm not a messer <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> the biggest monster would probably be Gareth Maguire. I would say. Okay. he uh, he's um he's definitely a, a comedian. Like um when we were playing, yeah, he was definitely you know he was definitely funny too. You know, <laughs> we played uh, down in Carney once, and everyone was was on a high. And <laughs> during the warm ups, we were all dunking, and Gareth was must have he didn't shoot a shot. Just don't 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 all the time. Came to um tip off and uh he couldn't play, he was actually that punctured. <laughs> he had to take a two-minute rest. Danny was going nuts. You know, so um yeah, you know, and during training, he was very passionate, but he was also he was also a messer as well.
0: I, and I've said previously, I I think at the right moment in time in a session or wherever it may be, like that little like joke or that little look or it just can break the tension but it can also just help you refocus because it can be like a reset to you in a session or a game so I think it is very valuable
1: of course it is yeah you know you're supposed you have to enjoy it you know I think you see lots of teams you know have one person or two people or three you know that you don't have to break that you know seriousness because if you don't you know it leads to a lot of mistakes I feel you know um, I'm having that positivity, you know, and that just that little you know crack of a joke or little mess about you know it kind of breaks it. Um, coaches might not <laughs> like it, but you know, for players, it's you know it's it's a release breaker.
0: Yeah, no, and I I think you're right. Like I think that's where I emphasise that it has to be at the right time,
1: especially yeah, from
0: from the coaching point of view. Yeah. But as a you, player you know
1: me no I, I mess I mess most of the time do you know what I mean um, but it's just to try and break things up and you know make sure we get the best out of players um, yeah you can be serious but you know you, you also have to enjoy what you're doing I think you, you
0: need that balance and um, obviously you can bring your squad together or it can bring your group of players together as well Like
1: there's different ways of doing it um, you know you do have your you know, training, yeah, you can you can be serious and, and have a laugh. Um, during games, you should do the same. You know, yeah, you're being serious. But, you know, if someone makes a good basket, you know, give them a high five or you can't do a high five now, but you can give them an elbow, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's all them. it's all the little, little things, little silly things, you know, that sometimes break, can break it up.
0: So just to, to move on from that, like, so Who's the toughest player or team you've played against? Because I'm sure you've you've faced it where you look at your fixture list and you know there's that one team that's just going to be like they're a pain mm. on the backside.
1: Yeah. Um I said, you know, I said this, you know, on the other podcast, and I you know and I'll say it, I'll say it again, Shane Cochran was a was a pain in the ass. <laughs> uh, you well know, pain in the ass that he, you know he always used to get the, not the better of me all the time, but he was very crafty, you know, very, you know, very good in what he did, you know, made some absolute shots that should have never happened, um, which really annoyed me. I think it annoyed our team as well. You know, he beat us in in a final once, um, you know, which was a bit heartbreaking, you know, because of how it happened, Uh, you know, free throws at the end and he shot two free throws. But you know, it's not just that, you know, he, he, he's very good as well. Uh, you know, you have to give him props, you know, because obviously, you know, he, he he did it not just with with us, he did it with all teams as well. So um yeah, he was. And and it's and the same team, Blue Demons, you know, great club, turn the arse. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it's it it doesn't matter who you talk to in this
0: game. There's always a one opponent, a one team that you just know it's you're gonna be right up against it before you even tip off.
1: Yeah, and they and they were the ones as well, you know. You had a lot of teams, um, you know, that you you could serve, but they'd probably be at the top, you know, blue demons back in the day. Yeah, they they would be definitely ones that you you always wanted to, you know, to beat. Yeah. You know, they were them.
0: So knowing you for the for the time I do and knowing knowing how you train and you like to be, we'll say, communicative when you train. Like you like to talk a bit. And yeah. um, so, who's the biggest trash talker you've played up against?
1: Biggest trash talker? Uh, who can I say would be the biggest trash talker? Here it would it would be. You don't really get many trash talkers. You get the Americans. You would trash talk. Um, you know, Gabe Jackson was the biggest trash talker for for our club. You know, for star, oh God, he never shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, jermaine Turner can talk as well. You know, he was he was all serious, but he could he could talk he could talk stuff too. Do you know what I mean? Um, but it, it was always Americans who did the trash talking. and me. And <laughs> well, I like,
0: I I've seen it. Like I've seen it where players who did just it's a constant talk and it's it's not even necessary that they're talking anything at you or to you or about you it's just they're talking to almost be distractive
1: they're trying to get into your head yeah if you get if you get someone in your head that you know they've won yeah you know so sometimes it can be it can encourage you and sometimes it can get get on your nerves where it'll you know, get to you. You turn the ball over. They'll be clapping, they'll be saying something, or other times, you know, you know, we could say, you know what, I'm not going to let you do this. I'm going to score twenty or thirty on you and see how much trash talking you do then.
0: Definitely, I have to agree. Like, I think a lot of it comes down to, and I seen this poll on. I think it was the sideline podcast. They were asking how how much of the game is made up mentality wise, yeah. and I think that's fits segment perfectly there like it is a very mental game like you know yeah. how much concentration and focus is needed and like if you're trying to play like the way we want to play like the high pressure game and you're so focused on am i rotating who am i jumping to where's my man where's the ball are we on the fast break and then if you have someone chirping at you just like what what and that that little walk can just the ball yeah. can go past you
1: that's right Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And that's why you need to, you just need to be calm. Sometimes you just need to blank it out um, unless you may eat and you just don't want to talk back and (laughs) keep it going. Yeah. But look... It it, doesn't work work all the time, though. No, no, but
0: I think it is... Again, it it's just another level of alert to the game, and it can add to the game. Like,
1: oh, yeah. especially
0: as a spectator, like if you're watching teams go go at each other, it's end for end, and you can see yeah. two players going at it where it's it's there's nothing nasty about it. It's it's just you know the two players are having a laugh by communicating with each other, but it it is part of the game, I think.
1: It is, yeah, and it doesn't just come from the players; it comes from the coaches as well. You know, know. What are you talking about. Aye, yeah yeah You're not no, what you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've been in games where, you know, the coaches have, you know, pick him up, pick him up. He's not, you know, he's gonna not going to score on you or he's not going to do this and he's not going to do that. You know, and you kind of look at him going, are you for real? You know <laughs> you and then what's um, a minute, if you, score, you know, if you score on him, you, you turn into the coach and telling him to, you know, to shush, you know, that kind of way. Works sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't work all the time.
0: But as you said, like quite rightly, you could get the player then that's like, Oh yeah, oh, okay, yes, that's that's fine, that's fair enough. And he'll just go down and he'll just chuck a monster, dunk not someone and, yeah. and he'll be like, absolutely. I'm I'm just gonna keep doing that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and if that if you can keep doing that, then why would you stop? Yeah. You know, uh you might at the end of the game get a bit of aggro, you know, but if that's the case, then you've done your job if your coach has told you to do that you know just have a wee chat in his ear or anything like that though you know then you know if he's always scored four points and he averages 15 you've done your job yeah
0: yeah and i think it's 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 understanding who you're playing against and obviously most certainly understanding the players you have and how they will cope with that and i yeah. think you only get that by working and pushing your group of players
1: yeah absolutely yeah and that's what you've got to do you know You've got to push players you've got to you know give them you know that kind of mentality you know but also leadership as well you know we've talked about that you know about you know how you want to give to the younger players now you don't want to keep talk talking 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 because you know are you sending the right vibes to the younger players do you know what i mean but in the same instance you want to win do you know that, that kind of way so kind of a catch 22 isn't it
0: yeah, and obviously for ourselves, like we've seen last year, like when, when Gavs obviously was new to everybody and he was trying to get a feel for everybody, like when in-house, like when we were able to play, we were able to scrimmage, like we went new the old. That was just so obviously Gav could see the steel that the young players had, or if they had a leader to step up in them in regards, like to basically get them together and go, look, this is what we need to do. Don't listen to them because they're going to melt off, you know, and they're going to push buttons but they're pushing buttons to try and get a reaction to see how we cope with that scenario because that's how it's going to be in national league or that's how it's going to be if we get a tough cup draw and there's going to be a tough crowd there as well
1: and that's what and that's what we did you know you yeah. you know we that's what we knew we were going to do you know and it wasn't to undermine the players it was to make them better you know yeah. and in some- and in some games, you know, some training games, yeah, they did, you know, they did get the better, but you know, 90% of the time we did, didn't we? So, you know.
0: <laughs> but again, it's 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 that whole thing of pushing each other and training, and you know, you create them learning opportunities. You create, you know, you, you see that, oh, there's a chink in the armor, and that's something we need to work on and we need to develop and we need to improve. And how we do that is by is by seeing that it's there, understanding, it, recognizing, it, and then working on it as we go.
1: Absolutely. And if you don't, if we don't train hard in training, you know, I always say, you know, train as if you're playing a game, Yes, you know, because if you don't, you know, if you're half going in training, you're going to do the same in, in games. Do you know what I mean? So you've got to have that mentality that, you know, push yourself in training to, to breaking point, you know, only makes you a better player when it comes to games, cause then you'll know, do you know what I mean, what your limitations are, and you know it makes you a far better player as well? Very much so, and i I would have to wholeheartedly agree with that. Like you need to
0: need to train at the intensity and level you want to play your game at. There's no point you looking to be I've learned this from from my own experiences, and it's helped me develop as a coach. I wanted to play this high tempo high pressure. But I wasn't replicating my training, and then when we came to games. I was like, "It's not switching. It wasn't there." So that was something I needed to tune into to replicate. But again, for me, that was a learning opportunity that I needed to develop and make my players better. But I also needed to go away and drastically improve my training sessions to replicate what I wanted on the court.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that's what you. And that's what you know. You've got to do, you know. But it's also being smart as well, you know. in in, in knowing what you want, want to do, you know, you can do that high level. Um, but you don't want to do, you know, like you don't want to be a hundred miles an hour, you want to be in control of what you're doing. Um, you know, you want to be that team that, you know, you can go in spurts where you can go a hundred percent, come back, you know, go back again, you know, when you need to, and that all stems from your training sessions, you know, knowing your teammates. You know pushing your teammates you know your coach pushing you. you you know what i mean so that's where it all stems from
0: definitely so with the team of coaches so who's been the coach that's got the most out of you as a player
1: uh Danny Fulton it's kind of easy wasn't it like what it was because i've been with him so long you know he he was the one that, you know, gave me a chance. He was the one that pushed me. He was the one that, you know, frustrated me. But, you know, I didn't lose hope. You know, I've been through it all before, you know, in England. So um, you know, I was you know, unfortunately when Adrian left, you know, I was it was up to us then to to kind of take over the role. And, you know, I cut I think a captain done for I don't know, maybe six or seven years, you know, which is you know, the best feeling you can do is you know, it's a it's a captain of your team. Yeah. You know, so I think Danny got the best out of me, um, give me the best. You know, and you know sometimes push me. Do you know what I mean? Shouted at me as well, but who doesn't? But you need that in some circumstances. Like I know obviously the game's very different now
0: to how it was previously, but I still think there is certain moments or times when you need to give that to a player. You know, obviously that comes through knowing your players and knowing how they handle or cope with that. But it also develops in your coaching style for me.
1: It does. I'm more of a positive coach, you know, yeah. where, you know, I don't, I don't, I'll not shout, do you know what I mean? To get at a player, you shout to make the player better, but you also try and give as much positivity as you can. That's my... You know philosophy and coaching that you know you try and bring players on you give them everything but you know that one time they may need to kick up the backside, and you know you have to do that sometimes um you don't you don't do it to hurt them. you do it to to make them better you know so you know that's what you have to do
0: yeah and i think i think like like you and me like where like you've you obviously seen me coaching in the, in the north when you were in our games like I am very positive, but I'm I'm not super loud or I'm not very aggressive as a coach where you see other coaches and all they do for the game is roar and shout and holler and they're as loud as they can. But yeah. I think if you're constantly at that level and then you need to give a reaction to a player, the player's just constantly seeing that level and it's just normal to them where yeah,
1: you can't put you can't put a player down. I don't I don't I do no. that's not that's not the way you should be doing, you know, and you'd be constantly shouting. Golden him, you know, that's that's not right. You know, some coaches do that, you know, and sometimes you get the best out of players, you know. But like i said, different coaches have different philosophies of what they they want to they want to achieve, want to do for players, you know, and you know, where mine is all positivity. Some might be it's not negative, but it's a shouting kind of positive.
0: Yeah, and like I think for like obviously with some of the groups of players I've worked with like I've been able to get a reaction out of the group when my tone has changed because they know, okay, this is now serious because Noel's tone has changed and it's not, you know, this, these are the things we need to focus on. These are the things we need, we need to work at. Where If my tone has changed, they know I'm looking for a reaction because things are a little bit, we're against the wall and stuff. And that's how I find out I've gotten reactions from teams that I've coached in the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, that, and, and just that little bit of tone might change them and go, Oh, well, you know, I think I need to step up my game, you know, or I, I need to do something different, you know, or if the team's down, you may have to give them a, a bit of a, a pep talk where your your tone's changed. You know, sometimes it works, other times it doesn't, yeah. but you've got to, you've got to have that ability to, do, to know and recognize when they need that kind of aggression.
0: Oh, definitely. So obviously, I, uh, Obviously, because you're still playing, and obviously because you you coach, and we'll leave your reffing bit out of the side of it. <laughs> we all know my feelings on refs, and uh, unfortunately, you know.
1: Yeah. It. <laughs> I was the worst against refs ever. You ask most of the refs, now, they'll tell you all about me. And now I've gone to Revan But look, we'll we'll park that
0: aside because yep. Um, yep, I don't wanna, don't want to burn any bridges. So,
1: um, what is your best attribute as a player? And as a coach, um, well, I think we've just got gone through with it. Though you know, I think my positivity and you know my ability to to bring players on, um, not just as a team but individual. Uh, you know, that's kind of my as I keep saying philosophy on. You know, me being a coach. Um, you know, you're not going to win every game, but you know if you can improve and, and win other games. You know, and learning. As well from from losing, you know, I was really excited this this obviously obviously COVID with with the women because training they were they were brilliant they were like sponges, you know so that's what you want, um you know and they were constantly asking questions constantly, you know can, how can we do this and you know I've not had that from from a women's team you know so I was really looking really really looking forward to you know to given a chance for me coaching them you know and this year you know i'll still have that chance you know um as a player uh be modest (laughs) as a player my enthusiasm yeah um, not wanting to win you know taking it to people as well uh you know not letting oh he's six foot eight you know, I'm not going to shoot. You know, I'm not going to attack him. This, that, and the other. I think kids nowadays, the scared of getting blocked. If you get blocked, you get blocked. Yeah, well, you know, the only way you're going to get better is if if you learn from next time. If you got blocked, what can I do next time to make sure I don't get blocked? You know. So, um, that was my kind of mentality. You know, and learning. So,
0: yeah. No, and I think I think you're right there, and, and I've like seen i seen a clip this week because obviously like I, I do some research and I, I don't just try and wing it like nine times out of ten but a video popped up on YouTube and I was having a look and I think it's to your testament it was you hitting a buzzer beater against Cholester <laughs> yeah the Courtside Collective had it on their page yeah, and yeah. it was just literally it just showed your desire to win but it showed as you said quite rightly like it showed your smart, but your willingness to go up against bigger players and hit that little corner floor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, even though it wasn't designed for me, uh, it was, kind of, it. It was kind of designed for the American, but you know, Fergal Toner, I basically went back door, called it, uh, hmm. obviously I had to shoot it. Um, lucky enough, you know, like it did go in. <laughs> well, look, you know, that's, that's what it's about. Like when, yeah, of course it's yeah. there. Yeah, we went. You know, we went on to win the game. You know, which was which was even better. You know, so uh, yeah, it's it's a great feeling. I've had a few of them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and like obviously that's what you want to live for when you're playing the game. But obviously to go a step back, like um, the ladies' team you have, like obviously they're a super bunch, and uh, I know that from having having the pleasure of working with them, and you have your hands full there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So obviously just for us to look forward. For a little bit, like what's what's your future ambitions? Obviously, when we get out of this whole thing, like what's your future goal? Coaching wise, we we'll look coaching wise, and then then we we'll look as a player with the national league.
1: Well, I think coaching. You know, I think uh this season is for us to prove not just us, but to prove the league that you know we can play. You know, we you know with the players we've got. You know, I think the. Um, they can do it, uh, you know, great things. I said that to them, you know, they're a special group of girls, and I hope all of them come back. And also, a few have, few have gone, you know, gone off. But I think uh, from the first season, I want to try and do as, uh, you know, as best as I can with them, and you know, to try and get them, you know, to to adapt to what I want to play, but also to see how they react, you know, when we're put under different situations and get them to, you know, you obviously want, you know, with Drogheda, I think it's kind of, you know, the stepping stones that they they want, which is, isn't, you know, it's a great thing, you know. So for me, I would love them to go, you know, know, next stage, you know, Div 1, I think it is, or, you know, whatever, Super League, you always want to aspire to the teams to go that high. So for me, it would be, you know, to try and get them as far as possible, you know, that where they can achieve great things.
0: So, and like obviously now on the a's team, like I've called them this quite a lot of times, so a lot of them will get offended. They're a great bunch of mommies. Um, yeah. But you also have that great crop of young players coming through as well. So that's obviously exciting for you.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. And you know, just because they're mummies doesn't mean they can't play. Oh, they can play. Or they can play. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I found that out pretty quick, you know, that they you know, that some players can shoot, um, some players can rebound, you know, some players, you know, can do, you know, defense wise, you know, that's the their go-to thing, which is great. Now, they might hack the crap out of you. But you're going to know next time when you come down, you know, that's what you're going to get and that's what you want, you know, that little kind of enforcing, you know, team, some, most teams, you know, should have that.
0: Yeah. And like, obviously, that, that's true, to their, their years of playing and their experience and their smarts and, yeah. you know, like yeah. as you said. Like,
1: you, have, you have a lot of that on that team. Yeah.
0: And yeah. they all, all work their bums off. Like okay.
1: they and like, like I said, you know, probably best group of girls, you know, that I've had that, you know, all they want to do is learn, all they want to do is get better, you know, and you saw that every every week we had training sessions. I was so excited for the season, you know, because I thought we could have done, you know, a lot of great things, you know, so hopefully this year we'll do the exact same thing. Yeah,
0: and again, like, there's such a great environment in, in amongst them, um, like, the friendship amongst them is, is, is second to none, like, and... Oh. They all help each other, like off the court, on the court. But you can see that bond with them all. It's fantastic.
1: Yeah, but you know what? See training sessions, that goes out the window. Oh, they you kill know? each other. All oh, they kill each other, yeah. You know what I mean? But they'll still be friends after that. And that's what you want. You know, you want them, them players to do that, you know. And to show the younger ones too, listen, you know, just because you're young, you know, don't think you're going to get anything easy. Yeah, there's you no know. free rides. No free rides. <laughs> no free rides
0: yeah no and i definitely witnessed that and I, I had the pleasure of of coaching them for the year and I have to say it was one of the most enjoyable years I've had coaching
1: yeah oh well I'm, I'm like I said you know I've said this before that I'm you know I'm looking forward to you know to great things with them and you know hopefully we can you know get the season back on and just show you know what we're all about
0: definitely I will look forward to that so Obviously, just to transition back to you being a player, do you have any pre-game rituals or traditions? Or as I asked Gally on the last one, what is your obsession or fascination with the number eight jersey? I know we had a (laughs) discussion about this, so I
1: want to get to the bottom of this now. Why number eight? Okay, so I don't really have any, you know, pre-game. You know, I listen to music sometimes, or, you know, just before I leave, I'll bless myself and, you know, you know said to me you know uh thank god you know give us a good game you know so, you know most of the time i would, I would do that uh, you know but you know <laughs> nothing else would be you know would be kind of you know i don't wear smelly socks or smelly yeah. pants or anything <laughs> like that there so uh, hang on hang on you do wear two pairs of socks don't you i do yeah yeah i've always wear two pairs of socks i've always worn two pair of socks why it's a good question like since i think i've been playing i've always won i think it was because one year i had um, a big pair of basketball boots on yes. and, but i loved them and i wasn't changing them so i think i wore two pair of socks and i think it stemmed from there <laughs> okay and, so that is a tradition or it's a ritual or it's a superstition yeah, yeah. um and then the reason why i chose number eight it was in between seven and nine, <laughs> um, but no, I chose it because it was Al Henderson's number. Um, okay. And when he left, you know, I kind of wanted some hum- number to to emulate him. You know what he'd done for for my career. So yeah, kind of kind of stuck, and yeah, nobody gets number eight. <laughs> uh, it, it's a battle.
0: As as well, I found out you firsthand,
1: well as you well know.
0: Yes, I found out firsthand having this discussion. Yes. Uh,
1: so yes, oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so I think I think I might just auction that jersey now.
1: You've no chance, no. <laughs> With living, you're not auction it. <laughs> See when you said that last season, you are gonna get t- you are gonna get your car burnt out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Always joking.
0: <laughs> and look, you, you might be doing me a favor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, no, come on, no.
0: So, just to put your coaching hat back on or use or your years of experience of playing at a high level, what's the one bit of advice you would give to our younger Wolfpack members?
1: Never. It's, it's strange that because obviously the time we were growing up, you know, I think I spent a couple of years on the bench you know, and players sometimes now you think if they're not getting the court time, you know, if they're not getting, you know, the game, you know, the game time, you know, or something's going on, you know, seem to give up pretty quick. You know, mm-hmm. my mine would be if one team you can't get on, don't just switch to another team, work your ass off, you know, prove people wrong. I think that's a big thing for me that, you know, me, my playing, people look at you always small. You no, know, he's not going to do anything. You know this, that, and the other. And for me, that that means, oh no, I'm not. I'm not going to let you do that. You know, I'm going to make sure that you know who I am, and you know, do it for you. But you've also got to put the work in behind closed doors. It's not a case of one training week you're going to get better. Hell no, you're not going to do that. So, for me, it would be to you know improve yourself, make yourself better. You know, um, learn of anyone you can ask questions you know and improve yourself oh, that's cool man.
0: i think you think you gave a nice insight there and i know scally brought it up in hers because it was something that scally had had gone through but and you, you said it like asking questions like so you were talking about being on the bench and scally had talked about it in the previous podcast and she just went and asked her coach who, who just happened to be made she was like why aren't i getting minutes and obviously Mave gave her an answer and that lit a fire on the scallion drove her to improve and get better and then she started the next season.
1: But that's what players should do. You know, if your coach tells you, listen, you need to improve in such and such and such, don't, you know, moan about it. Just do it. You know, and the only way you're going to feel better for yourself is if you do it for you and your coach notices it and go, you listen to me, you know, you did this, you did this, fair play to you. That's what you want out of, out of a player. You know, but just be yourself as well, you know, to prove people wrong, to tell, you know, to not give up and say, Oh, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna do that, you know, he said this, she said that. You know, suck it up and just get on with it.
0: Yeah, and like I think you're right, like obviously, you know, to be the best, you have to be the best you. And that means challenging yourself and pushing yeah. yourself. And yeah. obviously the results will become because by pushing yourself, you're getting out of your comfort zone and you're going to improve.
1: No one else is going to do it for you unless you do it for yourself. Yeah, like obviously
0: if you, if you look back to us like at the start, the start of last season like when we look at broke down the new gather step rule and we looked at all the zero steps like you could see in the first couple of sessions players that still weren't getting it but then you look at the next week where vast majorities were all getting it because they'd gone away and worked on it. and yeah, you No, know, it
1: wasn't just the younger group it was the older group as well, you know myself included. You don't go, oh, I can't do that, I can't do this. You know, my big thing is that I think players will say is the word can't, you can do it. Yeah, There's no such word as you can't. There is, but in basketball, there shouldn't be, I can't do this, I can't do that. You can't do it if you put your mind to it.
0: Yeah, and I, I think you need to be open-minded to to look at new things and, and change. And obviously it comes, goes back to us, like when we were academy, that was one word that you always used at academy, it was it was can't. We were like, throw it, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. And we've seen the development in players in regards where we would have them one week and we would show them something, and then we'd get them back in the following session and they had mastered it because you knew that they just went away and worked at it and worked in it. And then when you see it, you know, translating uh, over into the game. Coach,
1: that's what you want your, the players to do, you know, is to come back the next week, you know, notice that they've done it, and you tell them, listen, so you can do it then. And they're going, yeah, and they laugh yeah. about it and going, well, there you go, you can do it. So don't tell me you can't when you can, you know. So as a coach, that's a that's a great thing to to see is, you know, put your players can do it.
0: hundred percent. And obviously, like for me, and I'm sure it's the same for you, like we, we volunteer so much time, but when we see, even if it's one kid who takes on board what you said to them and comes back and shows it to you, that's your paycheck right there.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. If, if it's if that one kid... Improves from low level to high. You've done your job. Do you know what I mean? You've you've inspired that kid. You know you've you've given you've given the help. You know that you, that's what you're you're there to do. You you're there to coach. You're there to give your experience and knowledge of what you went through um, and pass it down. You know, and if that happens, then you know it's the best feeling as a coach. It's it's
0: it's unreal. Like it's so hard to describe. Like when you see. A kid that you may have coached a year ago, and then you see their development from when you see them next, or yeah. like even from session to session, or if you've worked on something in a couple of sessions and then it comes to game time and you see it happen in a game, you're like,
1: yes, this is deadly. Or you know, like if they never made a left hand layup, you know, and they make a left hand layup, and then they go in the game and they make the left hand layup, and they turn yeah. around to you, and you're jumping around as a coach, going, yeah. Yeah, you can't do it. Do you know what I mean? So. You know, that's kind of you know the best feeling that you can get.
0: hundred oh, percent. Like that boys or that that rush, it's just you know, you can't put a price on it because mm-hmm. you, no. you, you you want no. you want to get it again.
1: Yeah, of course you do, yeah. You want to get it, but you want to get it with other players, you know, and you can tell them, listen, look, he did that, yeah. she did that, you know, so you can do it, you know, and that and then it develops. Do you know what I mean? It's like a stepping stone. Once one player does it, then hopefully the next will start falling in place.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's class and it's something great to see. And I think we're very fortunate and blessed with the with the amount of underage, obviously players we have in our club and the development that we're putting in. And obviously some of the coaches we have on board, it's the future for our club is going to be phenomenal.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, I think the that, mean, you know, that dedication is all down to, you know, a few people, you know, like some native and everyone else that's obviously involved behind closed doors, you know, but the, the amount of kids, that I've seen, you know, is just, it's phenomenal, you know, for, for a club to have, you know, and hopefully it keeps growing and growing, you know, where we have to keep expanding, you know, and that's what you want as a, as a club.
0: Yeah, no, I, I most definitely think the future is bright, um, and it's, it's super to see, like,
1: future's bright, the future's
0: orange. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, and for instance, copyright or trademark agreement here. <laughs> <laughs> so, to segue from that, so this is where it might get tricky for you with obviously the players and clubs you've played with, so you may need to look at some feelings here, so I'd be happy for you to do this. Um, pick the best five players you've played
1: with. Um. So I think, is it five players including myself or five players?
0: It's up to you.
1: Up to me. Well, I want to see how you pick. I did I did write this down but I, I, you, you know as you as you forget about it uh, so how Al Henderson will be one um Fawlty will be two um you know I've played with Rick and Masters but you know I've played with him before he's you know I've said this before he's 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 phenomenal you know and he's a he's he's a driver you know so he would be in it um Jovan Dupree. Very underrated American, left-handed American who I've known for a long, long, long time. He played for star. Um, you know, he's just—he had everything. He—he he had game, and I don't think he gets the recognition that he—he he deserves for for being in the league for so long as an American. Mm. Um so he would be, you know, that kind. Of, you know, he would be that as well. Um, John Lee as well. John Lee would have been a great, a great American, as well. Um, and Kevin, Kevin Craig, underrated as well. See all these underrated underrated players. They don't get the recognition that they they really should do. Um, you know. So he was he was a very very, very good player too.
0: So it's it's a team there which you underrated like, and obviously going back to Gavin's uh, episode like he talked about Jovan Dupree as well like he yeah. he said like. Be phenomenal!
1: Oh, do everything. You know, he just you know an orthodox left hander. Shoot three, shoot two, dunk on you. You know, many of the times I seen him dunking on people that you thought it's not going to get up there. bang. (laughs) telling rebound, played D, um, didn't moan. Not like me, but he didn't moan. You know, he just and he's just a he, he was just a gentle. Gentle
0: Giant. Okay, so that's a tough five. So you've left yourself out. So that's that's a surprise. <laughs> oh, you could be like Scally, Scally named five and it's Like, oh, I'm not playing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Can't be greedy. No, I'll but be, look, I'll it's. I'll be a sub. Yeah, look, you you can
0: coach the five.
1: Yeah, Jesus, no chance. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: um, so. You can go with these two angles, obviously, because you play and you coach. So you're then two points in a game. Who do you turn to to hit your buzzer beater?
1: Are you really asking me this? Yes. Okay. Uh, and Do you want me to answer that for you? 100%. <laughs> do you know who it's going to be? You. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> there's no way. If there's five seconds left and I'm not getting that ball, there's going to be trouble. <laughs> Nobody else. Hey, look, it's an honest
0: answer, and that's what I'm after.
1: Yeah, listen, if I'm not, I might shoot a stupid shot. <laughs> I'm still shooting it. <laughs> it but now, look,
0: that's this was all about. Like, obviously, you are back yourself, but you are back yourself because you have put the work in for so many, so many years. So, um, you've a proven track record.
1: It might not, ha- it might not happen this year, but it still doesn't mean I'm not going to shoot it. Yeah, look, you know what I mean. <laughs> Have to, you know, if you, if you don't have, you know, kind of faith in yourself to do that, you know, we, we, you know, for me, I've done it loads of times in practice where you've taken shots with five seconds, and you know, you've sometimes you've dished the ball out, like they've missed a shot, and you're going, I'm not passing. And they might not, they might be the greatest shooting, they miss a couple of times, but you still want that mentality of if I'm getting the ball. You know, I'm either driving or shooting or making something happen. Yeah. But, nah, that's a silly question. <laughs> look, I'm asking it to everybody.
0: So it's not a silly question. I kind of knew going into this where that answer, I, that was one of the answers, like a most certainly answer.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: Um, yeah. But look, you know, if you're in the position that you play, obviously, of course, you're going to back yourself.
1: Oh I right, gosh. Yeah. And, and sometimes it just depends who's marking you to. Plenty of time, you know, over a six, six guard or maybe, you know, American trying to cause he knew that I was gonna shoot, you know, that kind of way. So it doesn't all work out. So it's how you use it. You know, two seconds is you, you need a lot of screens to get it away, or you need a back door, you know, to try and get free, you know, so there's all ways and means you can get to it.
0: Yeah, like, and I think obviously, like for you or for for players that that I work with or we coach or that look at, it's about having that IQ on the floor and seeing yeah. the floor and being able to judge it. Like, you like you take the NBA, like you look at you meant the amount of screens. A sec, Curry runs off just to get an open shot.
1: Yeah, and, and that's, that's what not even hit a buzzer. Yeah. And that's what you know. Sometimes you know you need is is them couple of players who go, "I'm going to get you open." You know about an illegal screen yeah, and that's what you want but also if it doesn't get to you you have the smartness to step out you know because sometimes it doesn't all work out that you're going to get the ball so you need that kind of you know smarts of you know someone who sets the screen to to fly open and they might get it
0: most definitely like and obviously if you look at the position for us like when we were looking at like let's say last year when we did get to play some friendlies like we had the huge option of being able to throw a lob up to Lucas yeah. and obviously yeah. that's going to draw players in that's obviously then going to hopefully make things easier for us on the outside where you know we've got we got players with the ability to shoot the outside shot like obviously yourself kieran podge rob adam yeah. you know denzel fancies himself you know we've so much options but like if you think if you've got a big reek or big lucas obviously you're driving to that yeah. rim like in That's what
1: it's going to crash. Yeah, of course it is, and that's what and that's what you want. Sometimes is a six foot eight, six foot ten guy. You know, if they know what's going in, then they're even going to have a double team, or they're going to have to just you know play him up straight. And if he's got the size over him, you know, they're going to have to do something different. You know, and that leaves either as open, or or, you know, it leads to to an open three or a slash to the basket. You know. making sure he knows that you're, you know you're going to be open
0: yeah and i think it's it's a creating that what's the best way of putting it like it's almost like you're creating that scene but it's almost a distraction for where you actually want the ball to go to
1: yeah exactly and that's what and that's what you need sometimes as a player that notices where you know where the double teams coming from where the person who's open and also reading the defense as well, because sometimes it doesn't all work like that. You know, if they split, then you've got to find the open player then. You know, but it all has to it has to happen so quick though, you know, it can't just happen over like five seconds because you only have 24. Do you know what I mean? So it's noticing, you know, catch the ball, look at where it's going, and then pass it out for the open three or trailer.
0: And then I think I know we've I know we've talked about it, but I think a lot of that comes back to your training. And comes back to how you simulated and training.
1: Yeah, and you've got to, you know, you've got to simulate things that happen in games, your five seconds, your two seconds, you're out of bounds, you know, you've got to simulate all them. And you know, that's why I said about, you know, people, you know, during training, making sure they train like it's a game, you know, because that's the only way you're gonna get them scenarios. You you probably get one or two a season, you may get more. Yeah. But you've trained for it, you know. At least you know then you know yeah. where the different options are
0: most definitely and I think it's all about creating that muscle memory because you've drilled it so much that it just becomes second nature and this scenario of being you know then two points or five seconds just becomes automated in regards yeah. to the-
1: but you don't you don't want to be a robot as well you know because not everything so sort of obviously plans out you know yeah. the way you want to do, you know, so you always have to have that kind of backup plan, you know, where say, for instance, I'm setting a pick, but I've noticed, you know, that he, he slipped the screen and the other guy's gone with him. So that leaves me open. Yeah. You know, but that obviously means then the guy who's passing it has to, has see to it. recognize that too, you know, so th- they're all different scenarios that you, you can do during training to get you into them game situations.
0: Most definitely. And obviously it, it's exciting for us to work on. Um, and obviously with the, the vast talent of players we have at National League, it's, it's super exciting. But obviously throughout the club, you know, hopefully when we get back to having people in, in attendance, like when they see that level of basketball, it's going to spore them on even more.
1: That's right, yeah. And that's what you want the kids. You want the kids to come to senior games and see how, you know, the senior players, you know, put that into practice, you know, and they've got to see all of that. Um, you know that inspires them you know to inspirations of what they want to be or where they want to go in in a basketball you know scenario
0: most definitely No, so just to end it off and round it off who would you like to see next on the Wolfcast? Kieran Groggy Right. I will reach out to Groggy (laughs) (laughs) yeah May need to send some IT support around the Groggy to get it set up. But, I well, know, so. I'll get it in the works.
1: No problem.
0: Cheers, Scotty. Thanks oh, very okay. much for joining me. Take care. So there you have it. What a fantastic episode with Scotty. I was delighted to be joined by Scotty and have a catch up and a chat with Scotty. Talk about his past, his present and his future. Again, please remember to like, rate and subscribe to the Wolfcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify and YouTube. Stay tuned for coming episodes. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys.